Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. He's about 16 years old when God changed his life. He's a very uh, action, if you like, how many like action-packed movies? Come on, fellas, amen. Some ladies may even like it. I like, Mark is the book you want to study. He's right to the point. He's moving from one, one situation to the next, power, casting out devils, healing, miracles, and he's just, he's an action kind of guy. I got two weeks here that I don't know what to talk about. I was praying, I said, God, what do I share during these two weeks? And he put this into my heart. And I want to talk about what it means to be a disciple of Christ. That was three of you are excited to hear that. Man, we lost that quick. Disciple of Christ. The life of being a disciple. I'm going to tell you there's a difference between being a Christian and a church person and being a disciple. So can you handle some truths this morning? Man, it's important that we, we have the truth be uh, in our lives. And so Mark chapter 3, this is the beginning. Jesus is picking 12 disciples, 12 disciples that are going to change history forever. He's picking 12 right here. You don't know which one he's going to pick yet. So we find out in verse 13 of chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, say amen when you got it. Say hold up if you need a minute. All right. Oh, Mark chapter 3, verse 13. And he, that's Jesus... He went up on the mountain and he called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then this is gives us in verse 14 what we're going to talk about these next two weeks. This is the purpose of disciples. This is why he had disciples. Number one, then he appointed the twelve. Number one, that they, met, that they might be with him. Everybody see that? And number two, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal, to cast out devils and to go forward. But today we're going to focus on that first part of being a disciple, which is the most important part. I'm going to explain it to you here today. And that simply means being with him, being with Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word today. I pray your blessing over the next few minutes that we would be reminded how important it is to be in a relationship with you, God. We do that by faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that today, Father. I pray if anybody is listening to this message on our podcast or here in the service that do not know you, you would draw them to you, to our relationship with you. I pray, God, that there's some that are here that are just being a church person. God, that you would call us to deeper water, that we would respond and become a disciple. And Father, those that are disciples, if we've lost our first love and began to get distracted already by the busyness of summer, God, that, Lord, we would be reminded how important it is to spend time with you today. That's what I pray. That's my assignment for this morning is those three areas, and I give you praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and tell three people, I want to be a disciple before you're seated. want to be a disciple. Want to be a disciple. Want to be a disciple. Want to get right into this today. I must start off, as I said, by telling you there is a difference. I have to make a distinction between what it means to be a Christian today in our culture and what it means to be an actual Christian in the Bible. There is a difference. And I think it's important that we kind of hear some truth and hear this. Uh, Christian, the word Christian was first in... uh, 
coined in the book of Acts because there was this group of people that followed Jesus Christ and they acted just like Jesus. They, they hung around with Jesus, so they talked like him, they acted like him, they lived like him. So they said, we got to give these guys their own name. And so we're going to call them Christian. Christian, which means little Christs. In other words, they, they lived so much like Jesus that they earned the right to be called little Jesuses. You know, you're a little Jesus in this place if you are a follower of him. Nothing weird or nothing about that. You're just supposed to be. If you've got children, how I many of oh, your children end up looking just like you? How I many of oh, that genetic? Dad, hey amen. Me and dad look a lot alike. I could go up in that nursery. I was up there earlier and I looked and I said, man, that looks just like so and so. That looks, and sure enough, read your little name. Oh, that is so and so's kid. That's DNA. That's genetics. Well, when you become a Christian, a Christ follower, listen, you get spiritually his DNA. Ooh, that's good. You get his genetics. That means you're able to live a victorious life. That means you're able to overcome things like depression and, and all these things in our culture that we have today. Uh, there is a difference. Basically, a disciple is a practicing Christian. You, you know, you could go to medical school and have your degree and learn all about medicine, but it doesn't really mean you are practicing medicine. Anybody with me today? You know, we, we, we hear that. I know several people, and yeah, I've graduated. I got my degree, but I'm not practicing medicine. There is a difference between that. You can be a sports fan and know all about the NBA and know all about the NFL, know all about it, but that don't mean that you are actually suiting up and playing every week. There is a distinction. I'm trying to make a foundation here this morning. Same way in the Christian life. You can know all about the Bible. We can know all about God. We can know the songs. We can know the lingo. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Even saying in Spanish, Gloria a Dios, you know, Dios te bendiga. And we can learn all of that, but it really doesn't make us a true disciple. A disciple is this. It's a Greek word, and it simply means a student, a follower, a disciplined one. You know, I've learned that sometimes we don't need deliverance. We just need dis discipline. We don't need deliverance. Sometimes we just need discipline. We got to have the truth. We got to hear the truth today. If we don't hear the truth, what happens is we become offended when we do hear the truth. So that's why it's so important that we keep coming to church. That's what I love about coming to the church because the church actually gives us the truth and the truth can change your perspective on an entire situation. You can be looking at a situation and be going, man, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm looking at it like this. And, and when you start coming to church and you get God in your life, you can look at that same situation, but now with a totally different perspective. Anybody hearing me today? And so if you don't hear the truth, though, but it's a little confrontational. I mean, if, if you don't, if you have someone that tells you, man, you're not losing weight, you look fine in that outfit. And you start eating and you start putting on weight and everyone is just telling you how good you look and no one really will tell you the truth that you're, you're buying bigger and you start buying bigger clothes and, and you're like, I'm putting on weight, but everyone tells me I'm just fine. Then all of a sudden you got somebody and everybody has one in their family and walks up and goes, man, you gained some weight. Ooh. You get all offended. Why? They told you the truth because you've been so used to not hearing the truth. When someone has enough love and says, hey, man, I need to tell you the truth, you're going to be on medicine and going to have a heart attack if you don't push the Twinkies away, bro. Yeah. But what I love about the Word of God is the Word of God isn't so preachy. He doesn't tell you what we're doing wrong. He shows us what we're doing wrong. Where's that at? In the book of James. The James says the Word of God is like a mirror. Come on, somebody. 
So when the word of God comes before us and shows you that you're going to put on 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to say, wow, I need to get in shape. Or you're going to say, that ain't truth. You're going to go to the carnival and find one of those other mirrors that make you look good. (laughs) And there's a lot of other churches you can go to that's going to make you look good. But you're a river of life. You better check who you checked into this morning. Come on, somebody. I need some people excited for truth today. God says, hey, man, I'm raising this church up. I'm raising this place up. I need you. But he's going to have us speak the truth because the truth is going to what? Oh, y'all know your Bible. That's what I'm talking about. That's the only thing you got to be truth. And so Mark is a truth kind of guy. He's a bottom line kind of guy. He said, I don't have time to sing and dance about you. I'm going to get to the truth. Listen. We need truth sometimes. I mean, I love you, but you need a breath mint. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? We, we need some truth. It's truth. Sometimes it hurts. Say, so, man, everybody grab a breath mint right now. Amen. Just in case. No, I'm just kidding. You hear me? Look, look how he decided. I got, this is just the introduction. Not even get going. I got to keep going. Listen, how he, made, how he uh, called his disciples in verse 13. He went up on a mountain. And in Luke 6, it says he prayed all night. This is a little uh, piece of uh, advice that we need to do. Pray first. You need to pray. Jesus prayed all night before he picked the 12. We wear these little bracelets here at River of Life. We've got them back there. I think we ran out. I'm going to get some more. But it says what? Pray first. And what are they supposed to? Supposed to remind us to pray first. Pray before you uh, post on Facebook. And I'll say this again. By the way, when Facebook says what's on your mind, how many know you don't have to really tell us what's on your mind? That's worth coming to church and hey, two amens on that one. Bring that offering. I'm going to put a 20 in because my neighbor needed to hear that today just for that right there. Just because it says what's on your mind. You don't need to tell us what's on your mind. Man. Pray before you post. You don't know how many. I'm a praying man when I look on Facebook and social media. I'm like, that's a lie. That's a filter. Anyway. <laughs> he prayed all night. You got to pray all night. Why? He was getting ready to make one of the biggest decisions of his life. Pray before you get in that relationship. Pray before you quit that relationship. Pray before you take that job. Pray before you do that. Pray. Everybody say pray first. And then I need you to see this before we get into it. He called, look what it says in verse 13, those he himself wanted. I want you to know here today that every single one of you are wanted by God. You are here today because God, for whatever reason during this season of life that you are in, chose you to come to be with him. Oh, Pastor Reddy, I'm here today because I was invited. I was here today because I got something going on in my life, and it made me think about God. And so I ended up here. Pastor Reddy, I got this going on. That's why I'm here. And God had nothing to do with it. I need to tell you, God had everything to do with it. Don't fall for it. You didn't choose God. God chose you. I need you to know that because he values you, because he loves you. He had all those situations happen in your life so you can be right here today and experience this service right now. And to hear this, God desires you. He desires you. He wants you. He wants you. Jesus chose not just anybody running around. He prayed and he chose those 12 who he himself wanted. Then I love how it ends. And they responded. It's what it says, and they responded. So you're either going to respond to this message by saying, okay, I'm going to quit running. I'm going to be a disciple. Are you going to be like, no, not for me, man. Good word. Love the outfit. Music was good. Had a good time. I pray you're like, oh, I'm going to be like one of these 12. And the very first thing you need to do as a disciple, please listen, this is my message today. The very first thing you need to do as a Christian 
And I want to remind you, if you've been serving God for 20 or 30 years, I want to remind you why you became a Christian. I want to take you back as Hebrews reminds us. And Hebrews says, remember those former days when you first got saved. I want to tell you the first thing you need to do, and we're supposed to get back to doing as Christians, is this. Simply be with Jesus. To just simply be with him. 1 Corinthians says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into a religion. Is that what that says? Into a fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus never came to start a religion. He said, you are called into a relationship with God. Can I tell you that God has chosen every single one of us to be in a relationship with the living God? Oh, that's good. That's real good. When you're outside enjoying summer, I want you to take a look at the, the sky and the beautiful uh, nature that we have. You go out, whatever you do, fishing or whatever you're doing, you need to look back and say, man, God made all of this. I'm sure you do that. But take it a step further. That God that made all of that also made you, and he made you specifically and importantly just so you can have a relationship with him. That's why you ain't going to be happy until you get into a relationship with God. Come on, somebody. Because that's your purpose. That's why you were created. You and I were created to be in a relationship with him. You will run around. It took me 25 years before I realized that. Trying to, and when we don't know our purpose, abuse is inevitable. Between services, there was two little kids up on the toddlers, and they were fighting over a car. I say this all the time, but actually it happened today. They were fighting over a little car. And I was like, hey, 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 one of them was getting ready to jab the other one in the ear with it. And I had to stop and mediate. So, yeah, your pastor was doing, I was working for Rising Tide today, Felicia, between services. But this fits in right with my message. You know why the little kids were doing that? Because the little kids are little. They don't know the purpose of what a car is. They don't understand the purpose of a car. It's cute when you're little. But when you're 20 and 30 years old and you don't know the purpose of your life, you put all kind of junk into your body and damage your body and damage your life and da damage your whole future because we simply don't know the purpose that God has for us. Come on, that's good stuff. We're created to be in a relationship with God. Okay, Pastor Ray, what does that mean to be with God? What does that mean to be with Jesus? What does that mean go to church and, and light a candle? I mean, I'm being serious. Some people don't know what that means to be in a relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about spending time with Jesus. What did he do? He came off the mountain. He prayed all night. And he said, hey, I want you. 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 Let me say it like this. I want all of you at 870 Savage Road at the 1130 service. I want you to be with me. That's how you read the Bible. You put yourself in the Bible. You don't just go through the Bible. You let the Bible go through you. You, you find someone that has a Bible that's fallen apart. They usually have a life that's not. Because the Bible isn't some ancient book that's out of date, that's irrelevant. It's a living, transforming book that has been preserved for two, over 2,000 years and was made for you and I to, be, to apply to our lives today. So Jesus is calling all of us and he says, I've called you for one reason. I want you to simply be with me. It's not about the rules. It's not about, oh, what I can't do. I can't, I got to give this up. I got to do that. And we focus on all of that kind of thing. God says, man, I put all that to the side. What I want right now is your heart. Give me your heart. Give me some time with me. Start spending time with me. So when he said, be with me, I've, I've given the definition. I've thought about this, and this is what I want to give you, the definition of what I mean when I say spending time with Jesus. It's taking time out of your, I would say, every day. 
This is the first week of summer, so I wanted to preach this today because we lose our ever-loving mind when summer hits. It's the two weeks out of the year that we have. And so everybody does everything. Every shower, every bath, everything is happening in this two weeks. And we, and we, and we, get, we get way over here. Next thing you July is coming. And then we end up doing a little bit of this. We start doing a little bit of that. We start going a little bit here. Church attendance starts falling off. And we start ending up going back. And the old flesh begins to come up. The old temptations start to come up. And the echoes of the wilderness begin to come. Next thing you know, your seat is empty. And I got a prayer request to take your place that says, your life is falling apart. Please pray for it. I don't want that to happen. So I'm preaching right now and saying, hey! Get in a church. Learn to commit to do this right here. What does it mean, Pastor Eddie, please? It means this. To be spending time with Jesus is simply to be willing and allow God to have full access to your heart. That's what I mean by being with him. That's what it means to be with him. When he called his 12 disciples, I called you 12 to be with me. In other words, when God calls us to be a disciple, now if you want to be a Christian at the church person, you know, you hang out out here, you can get your little bling, little cross on it. I mean, I'm all, there's a lot of that, but I'm talking to people that want to be disciples of Christ today. It's one thing to wear a cross on your neck. It's another thing to wear it on your back. Jesus said, in order to be a disciple, you must deny yourself and carry your cross. That's good. Somebody tweet that. That was pretty good. Put it on your back. Jesus said, I'm calling you to spend time with me. That means allow me access to every part and every room of your heart. If you will do this, I would say every day. I want to ask you to do it every single day. This is nothing for some of you. You do it every day. But I want to challenge everybody here. For the first week of summer, spend time with Jesus. And it doesn't have to be three hours. It's not the quantity of time, but the quality of time. You don't got to go get a journal and this Bible study and this and all of this, you know, and all that. That's, no, no, no. This is all you got to do. You can do that in 20 minutes. You can do that in 15 minutes. You can do that. Uh, I wouldn't say do it when you're driving because I've actually gotten a little fender bender by doing that. You don't do that. And, and I got mad at God. God said, I never told you to pray and drive. Jesus said, go into your little private room and prayer room. That's how I told you to pray. How many know we can get mad at God at the dumbest things that we do? I'm in this marriage, God, why did you give him to me? I told you for three years not to marry him. That was for somebody. And now we don't need deliverance, we need some discipline. You see that? Some of us, we can get delivered if we just delete, swipe left. Come on, somebody. Swipe right there. You'll be set free. Who the sun sets free? Come in here in church. I'm free indeed. What'd you do? I swiped to the side, and I got delivered. God says, I just want you to let me have access. Here it is, to every room of your house. Now, this is where we talk about relationships. Some people come to my house. If the Amazon man comes to my house, which he's there about every day, I swear the police are watching our house. Because they think I got packages. I mean, telling you, I mean, they come sometimes twice a day. A lot of the church stuff will come to the house. We live, you know, over there. <laughs> live over there. And anyway, so we get, we get a lot of we get a lot of stuff. But the Amazon guy. If I came home from church one day, come from work, you know, come home, and I'm out running around, and I'm at 7 o'clock at night, and the Amazon is, man is in my kitchen eating some ice cream. What up, man? <laughs> I'd go right around him. I'd go in that back bedroom. 
No, I'm just <laughs> We'd have a problem. Why? Because I don't know, dude. Got a nice vest. I see you. I know safety first, but dude, I don't know you. And that's my ice cream. Okay? You don't mess with my ice cream. We don't know him, so he's not allowed in. But my family can come over at any time. Close friends can come over any time. Sometimes you don't even have to knock. Right, Donovan? You can't sneak in anywhere. I got these two dogs. They're going to tell on you and you turn a corner. It depends on our relationship. Now, my wife, of course, is the most intimate, close relationship that I have. Guess what? She's allowed into my room and into my bed and anywhere in my house and anywhere in my room, underneath the bed, in the closet, up on top. Even that part we got hidden, when everybody comes over, we throw everything into that room and shut the door. I'm talking about that. She comes in all that room. Why? Because she's got full access. Can I tell you that Jesus is tired of being Amazon. He's tired of wearing a little bit of vest and knock on the door, drop off a blessing and say, see you next time you're in trouble. Next time you need a breakthrough, call Amazon. Amazon. Some of y'all got Amazon Prime. Jesus is Prime. You know how to get your breakthrough. God said, I'm tired of being a little bellhop. I'm going to let you just sit there and let you fester and let you just roll around in it. I'm going to wait because I don't want to just knock on the door. This is so good. I'm glad I came to church today. I don't want to just knock on the door. I want to come up in your house. I want to come all the way in that back bedroom, baby. I want to get up underneath that bed. We're all of that pain is, where all of that junk is, that you don't know what happened, and you are hurting, you're mad at God. I want to get into that mess so I can heal it. So I can touch it with my goodness, because I'm a good, good God, honey. If you only know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, the plans of good and not evil, not to hurt you, but to give you a future and a hope. You know what I love about God? I don't care how your house looks. I'm not even in my message. I just looked at the clock. I got three things, and I'm not going to get to them today. I'm going to have to write them down to you real quick, but this is still good. God's preaching. I don't care how messed up your house is. Your house can look like hoarders. I hate that show. I cannot watch that show. That's a demon show. What is wrong with these? My gosh. I gotta follow a trail. I don't understand. What was that? You ever saw the show? When they come and they show up. Why? Because people haven't had no one to tell them the truth. And so they end up just letting people that like their mess and it ends up getting worse. I know it's a funny entertainment, but that happens in true life. Are you picking up what I'm laying down right now? Listen to the podcast. You'll get that. I gotta move on. But this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus is the kind of guy to show up to your house. He ain't like me. I'd have done left. Ain't no way I'm coming in. I don't care if I got a mask, a power washer, and a bazooka. I ain't not coming up in that house. I'm going to stay here by the dumpster. Anybody feel me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I love Jesus. He ain't like me. Jesus is saying, come on. Not only will I come in, I ain't going to judge you. Watch this. Jesus said, I'm going to help clean it up. Oh, so good. He's going to help clean it up. Let him into your marriage. He can clean it up. Let him into your heart. He can clean up that old bitterness. You're angry. You're mad. You thought by now you'd be here, but you're still here. You're all mad. God says, I know all about it. Come on, let me in. Let me in. I want full access. I want full access to everything you got in the house. 
because everything I touch, I just make better. Right. Oh, aren't you glad Jesus is, is so good? It's not a religion. He said, I'm a relationship. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in. I'm going to help clean you up. I'm going to pick it all up. I'm going to pick everything. I'm going to clean it all up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some, some different things as you let me in. But I got to have permission to come into your house. That, that's what we call spending time with Jesus. I want you every day this week to start your day by saying, God, I'm going to give you full access to all the rooms in my heart. Don't just amen me. Do, obey this. Don't, don't amen the Bible. Obey the Bible. Jesus, is this, this, this will change your life forever if you let him in. And you ever see the before and after pictures of those houses? They look beautiful. I'd buy one. You'd have never known a month ago it was just filled with light. That's how God does in our lives. When we spend time with Jesus, he takes away these things and he gives us some beautiful things. The first thing I want you to write down that he gives us is a genuine anointing. I, I said genuine because you can get a fake. There's so many, everything God has, there are, there are counterfeits in the world. Do you understand that? Everything we have in church, the world has, it's a counterfeit. You can belong to a community and hang out. The world calls that a club or a bar. It's the same as a church. You ever notice that? It's the same. Everything God has, the enemy replicates. A relationship. God has a good relationship. The enemy will have you get hooked up with somebody that will wreck your life. I mean, that's just, there's always a counterfeit in there. The genuine anointing. What is an anointing? An anointing is a biblical term. We don't use it before we get saved. But it's in the Bible, and it simply means this. A supernatural grace to do what God has called us to do. That's an anointing. You need an anointing to be a husband, to be a wife. You need an anointing to be single. You need an anointing to raise your kids. I've seen some of your kids. You need a big anointing to raise some of your kids. Come on, somebody. Don't get offended. It's truth. It's a supernatural grace. And I'm afraid as a pastor that we have replaced in the churches of America the anointing for entertainment. I, I really, really do because listen, we've never had in the history of our country as many big churches as we have now. We've got mega churches. God may grow us to be a mega church. We're grow we've got, they're huge. We've never had so many mega churches as we have right now. But yet our culture is so messed up. Our culture has never been, our society has never been so messed up and so broken and so dark than it is right now. What is the problem? Could it be that we are relying too much on our talents rather than on the anointing? I mean, come on, let's just, just go with me a little bit. Sometimes we go into church and it's more entertaining. I've seen them. I've seen them out there. Come on, get saved. Get in this prayer line and you can get something weird. You see, I've seen churches actually do that. They line up. <laughs> can you see Jesus coming like that? Pulling up in the limo and Peter opens up the door and says, here's Jesus. He walks on water. He raises the dead. He opens up blind eyes. Jesus says, you want to be great? He took a towel. It's not about titles, it's about towels. He took a towel. God in the flesh took a towel, girded himself, got down on his knees, and washed feet. He went to Peter. Peter said, you ain't touching my feet, man. You're God. 
He said, if I don't do this, better yet, if you don't learn to do this with me, you've got no part in me. And Peter realized that what Jesus was doing was offering him an anointing. If you will just spend time with me, if you would just humble that old prideful know-it-all, you don't know everything heart, humble yourself for once and admit that you have got everything all messed up, let me in. Let me in all them rooms. I'm going to clean it all up. And I'll give you an anointing, a grace, an ability to do and to live for you. To live for me, God is saying. But instead in the church world, I believe we've adopted a Hollywood methodology. That's why we have a Hollywood morality. People stepping out on stage, and I'm all for big churches, and I'm all for lights. We're going to have that. I'm all for that. But listen, if the light that is on you is greater than the light that is in you, it will turn you into a monster. When I'm preaching and I get ready for, I have a great service. My pastor, that was an awesome message. I I say thank you. That encourages me. But uh, sometimes I'll feel the pressure. Here comes, after church today, we're going to celebrate our anniversary, we're going to have a great Sunday, this is our Sabbath, we're, we're, after church we usually celebrate and just, just hang back and relax, and tomorrow we try to relax on Monday, okay, but I can tell you what, sometimes that pressure starts to come Monday night. Here comes Wednesday. You got to go down and preach at the chapel down here, you got to go here, and I can start feeling the pressure. When I start feeling the pressure, God showed me this, he said, because you're starting to look like you're getting into the entertainment mode. But when you realize that you are just a vessel and not the oil. (laughs) When you realize that you are just a vessel and not the oil, then I can use you. So what I do is I pray before every service. And I told him at 930, I'll tell you this. Every time you come in here, I picture in my mind that you're all messed up and you need Jesus. It helps me preach. So even if you are or not, so some of you are going, you hit it on the nail, man. I'm all messed up. Well, good. I, in my mind, I, this is how I prepare for a service. God, they're all messed up. They're all broken. They all need you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I move from entertainment to being anointed. And God says, now I can use you. And that message comes out that w- when someone is anointed on the stage, it's, it's better than talent. Talent will fill a stadium, but an anointing will fill your heart. I love, I can have some voices that, boy, make your goosebumps get on top of goosebumps. I mean, I, 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 God, and I love the, the talent that we have out there. But the talent will leave you empty. At home at night, they're drinking themselves. They're on pills. They're trying everything to get peace. And some of them tragically even take their life. Why? Because they have a God-given talent, but not a God-given anointing. And my prayer is for them. God, let them have an anointing. Let, let them trade that talent from an audience of thousands to an audience of one. Yes. Yes. It's not about the big crowds. I used to pray, God, let me preach in front of that big crowd. Let me do it. Let me do it. And God said, nope. You're going to have eight teenagers out here in the barn fighting mosquitoes while you're preaching. Two of them are going to be sleeping. The other two are passing notes. This is before texting. But God said, I'm going to build an anointing in you. Because little do you know what's going to be happening in the future. So many of us have been doing what we're doing. You just don't know it because we haven't had social media. (laughs) But David was on the backside of the desert. He didn't even know there was an inauguration service going on in the living room. Sometimes it's better what you don't know. Because if you focus on where you are right now, you won't worry about if you're missing out. 
You won't have FOMO. You'll have JOMO. Joy of missing out. You hear me? When you get that anointing, it's not, I'm fear, I'm missing out. You're going to say, I'm glad that I'm not out there. I'm not going to have no hangover, no warrants for my arrest. I want to know where my car is in the morning. I'm not going to owe people and all this. And that was, that was just my life. Anyway. He says, give me that talent and I'll give you anointing. The anointing is what we get when we spend time with Jesus. We're not... We're not supposed to, as Christians, to follow culture. We're supposed to change culture. Disciples will change culture. The disciples in the first century changed culture. They were being persecuted, not made fun of, persecuted. I got persecution today, Pastor Eddie. I tell you, the devil's really fighting me. I tell him, what happened? My phone died. It wasn't the devil, honey. There's a thing called a charger. Spiritualize everything. They're spooky. That's religion. What God is saying is saying, I want, I want to give you an anointing. I want to give you an anointing. But in order to get the anointing, you got to come to the dark place. You got to spend time with me. You got to be, allow me to have access into your heart. Allow me every area in your heart. Today, there are Christians who are really being persecuted in other parts of the world. I'm finishing up. Come and give me five more minutes. I'm going to finish up, okay? 5, 10, 15, 20. You guys, I'm surprised you still lift your hand after that. You know, I do that all the time. There's people that are being persecuted for their faith. Amen. And as they're being persecuted for their faith, I heard this one evangelist. They said, I went over there to do a conference for them. And they're bringing me in in another country where it's illegal to be a Christian. And they're wanting me to speak to these pastors. And they said, I had nothing to say to these pastors. Because over there, if they get caught worshiping Jesus, they get killed. And what they do is they teach their church members what to say to their executioner as they're going to be killed. And they are trained to try to win them to the Lord on the way to them being executed. And she said, this was Christine Kane, what can I say to a church like that? (laughs) She says, I say to them, give me what you have. Because some of us can't even serve God when the weather breaks. I'm just going to be real in America. Some of us can't serve God on Fridays. I'm just being real. We need, why? Because you're in the shallow end. You need to become a disciple and get that anointing of Jesus Christ. It's that anointing that you need. It's that oil that you need. It's that oil, that anointing, that ability. I'm going to close with this. There ain't no way I'm going to have to finish this next week. This is anointing oil. Pastor Steve, won't you come? This is oil. This is beautiful oil. We're eating healthy because we're getting older. We, I'm eating healthy too. <laughs> okay. So you put oil, you put olive oil. I got to stay away from this word I learned when I hit 40. Cholesterol. LDL. Some of y'all are like, well, I never heard that before. What song is that? You'll find out when you hit 40. Dr. Corey, she said, Eddie, you look good on the outside, but you know, I don't want you to be one of these guys that look good on the outside, but you're dying on the inside. 
So you got to learn this thing called cholesterol. You got to learn this thing called discipline. Let's see how I fit right in my message today. Here's oil. Oil is beautiful. We all love it. It tastes great. But can I tell you, in order to get oil, you got to crush an olive. In order to get that beautiful oil, that anointing in your life to live for God, to raise your kids, to even just make it in this crazy world, you need an anointing. Everybody say anointing. You, you may have never heard that word before today, but I want you to know that God has an anointing for you. And in order to get that anointing, you're going to have to spend time with Jesus. And it's not going to be a drive-by, drive-through breakthrough. It takes time. 22 years I've lived for God. Clean and sober, and here's the miracle, loving it. Loving it. I never thought you can have fun without some kind of substance. We'd go to see fireworks and start a big fight in our house because you couldn't drink. So I had my whole family outside of the parking lot on some hill getting ate by mosquitoes so I can get my 40 on. Why? Because I was a slave. Arguing and fighting. Wanting a family, wanting to be a dad. I wanted it. I had, there was a part of me that wanted it. But I had no anointing. God said, okay, if you would just spend time with me, quit running around and spend time with me, I'm going to give you that anointing. I begin to spend time with him every day. Okay, Jesus, change my ugliness. Change my attitude. Begin to get into the word. Begin to pray to God. It doesn't have to be three hours. It don't have to be that long. And God began to change. And you know what he began to change? See, prayer changes things. You know what the first thing prayer changed? You. We pray. God, save my husband. He's driving me nuts. God, do this to this co-worker. Change this. Change my church. Why don't Pastor Eddie know this? Don't he know we need to do this? You're praying. And then, okay, pray for all of us. Pray for everybody. But God said, I want you to pray. The first thing I'm going to change, I'm going to change you. Oh, <laughs> I am so glad I came to church today. This is so good preaching. I'm going to listen to this podcast myself. Give me that anointing. How many want that anointing from God? Come on, just stand to your feet right now. I'm going to close this out in prayer. If you need prayer today, you can come up to the front like we do. The altars are open all the time. You can kneel by yourself. You can pray with our prayer team, however you want to pray, but you can pray. But right now, I want to pray over everybody here, and I want to ask you this. If you want an anointing, first of all, I want to back up. I want to ask you, how is your time with Jesus doing? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I don't care if you've been a religious person, if you've been sprinkled or dunked or you're Catholic or Methodist or Lutheran, I don't care what label you are, I want to ask you a personal question. Do you know Jesus Christ? If you were in a plane and that plane was headed to planet Earth, would you say what Jesus said, into your hands I commit my spirit, Father? Or would you be saying, oh my God, forgive me for this, forgive me for that, forgive me for this, forgive me for that. I know we're not perfect. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for a priority, though. Yes. He's looking to be number one in our life. And when we're willing to put God as number one in our life, that anointing begins to get into our heart. Serving God becomes easier. That was my second point. It's not work. It's fruit. Yes. When an apple tree produces fruit, it's not going, here's an apple. It's in good soil. It gets the sun and water. It just produces fruit, man. Jesus said when we're really living right and spending time with Jesus, man, you'll live right. You'll live right. Tell him I'll call him back.
Come on, look this way. I'm going to close this out in just a minute. I know it's warming up, but hey, this is this will change your life forever. Simply spend a time with Jesus. Secondly, if you're a Christian, you've been coming to church and kind of getting caught up maybe in the entertainment world a little bit. I apologize for that. I don't mean to be entertaining. I don't want our church to be entertaining. I'm all for lights and I'm all for all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I want you to step it up and say, I don't want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And thirdly, if you are a disciple of Christ and you've been serving God for a long time, I want to ask you, how has your alone time with Jesus been? I want everybody to commit to at least once a week, once a day for the first week of summer to spend time with Jesus. Just turn your phone off. It could be 10 minutes, two hours, whatever. Spend time with Jesus and pray and give him access. What's the definition of spending time with Jesus? Giving him access to every part of your heart. I say that to this day, 22 years later, I still wake up. The first words out of my mouth is, good morning, Jesus. Thank you for another day. Use me today. I've prayed that for 22 years. I've missed a couple days. I'll know in heaven if I didn't. Sometimes around lunch, it hit me. God, I forgot to say that. Thank you, Lord, for another day. But I spend every morning in my word every day. When I got up at 3.30 in the morning and I went to work, my prayer time was when I got home in the afternoon. You just got to spend time with Jesus. Summer's here. We're going to get busy. We're going to be running like crazy. Spend time with Jesus. That's the message today. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word today. Hurry, hurriness kills intimacy. And Lord, forgive us for it. We're all guilty of it, Lord. I pray, God, you are calling this church to a time of prayer and seeking you and to be disciples of Christ. Lord, let it start today in Jesus' name. If you're here today with your heads bowed and you say, Pastor Eddie, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not serving God. I want to today. Lift your hand up high. I want to pray for you right where you are. Just lift your hand up high. Anybody in the room? Amen. See that hand. Pray for me today. Anyone in this room? Anybody would say, Pastor Eddie, I've been coming for a while, but really not following God the way I should. I've been kind of a Christian. I want to be a disciple. Lift your hand to the Lord right where you are. Just lift your hand right to the Lord. If that's you. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, here at Pastor Eddie, I am a disciple of Christ, man, but I've, I've let go of my prayer time, man. I need to get back into it. Come on, lift both hands up in this place. If that's you, my hands are up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you lifted your hand and you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Come on, everybody can pray this. I come to you today as a sinner. I ask you today to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Change my life. From this day forward, I will follow you in Jesus' name. If you have been a Christian, but now you're a disciple, I want you, it's the same prayer, but I want to just say this. I want you to repeat, say, Heavenly Father, from this day forward, I give you full access. Only say it if you mean it. I give you full access to every area of my heart. And I ask you today for the anointing to live for you in Jesus' name. Now just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you for everybody here, for the word that was preached today, for the work that you've begun in the hearts of the people today. I pray, God, that you would continue to build on them 
draw us closer to you, God. And I pray the anointing will increase in the lives of your people here today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands one more time, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to dismiss you. Let's just sing this song. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.